Welcome. It's that time once again. The Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. The dog days of summer are upon us. I hope this finds you well wherever you may be listening in your cars, your cubicles at home, on the podcast, day and night. Welcome and thank you for supporting us and doing business with us. And that's how this show has been able to be around for over two decades. Actually, on decade number three now at 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com where you can... Find us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter, and of course we've got the the blog now and the podcast. We got it all going on out there for you. The metals plan. I I really uh, and I didn't do it yesterday, but uh, Wendy and I we worked. Uh, we were able to really make a bunch of progress on Tuesday. We actually thought we were going to be super busy Tuesday uh, with that special that we were running. When that didn't happen, it actually allowed us to. Uh, get the metals plan out there's i think there's three people left and we're those will go out on monday uh the uh and it's it's just a a difficulty in in getting uh how we have to handle that in the in the computer and we just haven't trained arlene how to do it yet but everybody's been shipped but but three people and those three people uh will be shipped on monday uh, if you haven't signed up for it, I'll tell you what this one was. This was real; it really was, and I mean, it was the best one ever. You got some great stuff in there, and and uh, and I hope all of you are going to enjoy it. We we really tried to 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 be as resourceful as possible, so I think you're all going to enjoy that. If you haven't signed up for the metals plan, that's a great way to do business. You know, it's a you get four physical shipments a year. You can start with as little as $100 a month. So there's, you know, obviously for a lot of people, that's still a lot of money. I get it. But uh, that's, we can make things happen at that price point. Uh, if you want to know more about the details there, uh, go out to our website. Up along the top, you'll see the metals uh, link, and just click on that, and you can read all about it. If you have other questions, uh, Arlene is here today, and she'll gladly uh, help you through all that. I don't know if you saw in Las Vegas or, well, I guess Nevada, uh, marijuana is now legal. And I know that they've had the medical marijuana, but I guess this is more like the Colorado <laughs> marijuana. And and somebody, one of my friends was just up in Vegas, and he's like, the whole strip just smells like one giant bag of weed. Uh, but they've got a problem. And, and really, this is kind of, you know, get ready. As all of these states and cities run into financial difficulties, they're going to be looking for revenue streams. But I wanted to share with you, because this is, this is how messed up the government really is. I mean, it really, it, it almost boggles the mind. And I'm going to share this with you because it, it has a lot to do with the problems this country is facing, not only at a local level, a state level, but at a federal level. Nevada officials have declared a state of emergency over marijuana. Yep, the problem is there's just not enough of it. Since recreational pot 
became legal two weeks ago. I wonder if that's going to hurt Colorado at all. Retail dispensaries have struggled to keep their shelves stocked. And they say they are soon going to run out if nothing is done to fix the broken supply chain. And now here's where it gets funny. So they they legalized it. They knew it was coming. We didn't know what we we didn't know the demand would be this intense. All of a sudden we have like a thousand people at our door. In declaring the state of emergency, the State Department of Taxation warned that the industry could grind to a halt. So here's the problem. In the run-up to the legalization, which was overwhelmingly approved by voters, according to this article, people the age of 21 or over can buy and possess up to an ounce of marijuana. Which, by the way, an ounce, that's a lot of weed. But but anyway, I you know, great. The state's powerful alcohol lobby worried the legalized weed would cut into liquor store sales. So a concession to the bill for the alcohol industry stipulated that for the first 18 months of pot sales, only wholesale alcohol distributors would be allowed to transport the marijuana. <laughs> okay, right, okay, fine. One problem. They actually haven't given any of the alcohol distributors approval to transport it. And it says that the, the problem is none of the alcohol distributors have been able to meet the licensing requirements to actually deliver the weed. And unfortunately, now the funny part is they had a system in place because Nevada had medical marijuana. But because they have it, they wanted to appease the alcohol lobby, apparently no one's going to get any weed. Don't you love the government? Take to the Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. You always got to take care of your friends, don't you? By the way, I didn't know this. Nevada's the fifth state to have legalized recreational weed. Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska are the other ones. None of them put the alcohol clause in there. Uh, And the article just says that uh, without some state of emergency legislation, yes, the weed dispensaries will be out of weed. Heaven forbid. You know, and then I saw this in the Arizona Republic this morning. Is this a problem everywhere? People driving, drunk people driving, or I should say... uh, Impaired people driving the wrong way on the freeway. It happened again, and, and I don't know, all of a sudden, it seems like every single, what, every other week at a minimum now, somebody here is driving. First of all, I don't know how, how, how you know, that's a hard thing to do. 
to drive the wrong, you know, to take the, the entrance ramp going the wrong way on the freeway. Uh, this one, they got lucky. I bet apparently some motorists actually blocked him. And the guy had to turn around and he got, I don't know, he drove it up on, uh, on some type of uh, barrier and got stuck up there. But yeah, nine people have died this year just in Phoenix. Well, I guess Arizona, I guess, from wrong way drivers. Yeah, I don't know. We are, I don't. I mean, have you noticed that, Arlene? All of a sudden, we mean, right? Arlene's like shaking her. I mean, I never heard of this until like a year or two ago, and now it's like all the time. Yeah, I don't want to talk about them. That was sad. Visa's taking the war on cash directly to the retailers. And get ready. You know, just another step in the process. We are focused on putting cash out of business. Visa's new CEO, Al Kelly, said at the Visa Investor Day. Yes. <laughs> I got to start going to these things, right? Well, I wonder what they do there. Visa Investor Day. I wonder how much money you have to make to, to, to get the uh, upfront seating at Visa Investor Day. Pushing consumers into digital and electronic payments is the the company's number one growth lever. Visa's been dogged by the stubborn survival of cash and checks. They just won't go away. Darn this cash. Despite widespread government and corporate efforts to kill them off. And, and and it takes time, right? We're heading this way. We've been heading this way. You've got uh, former Federal Reserve governors on board. You've got central banks on board. You've got elected officials and policymakers on board. Because let's face it, when you talk about lobby, there is no, well, I shouldn't say there isn't one. There may be one, but not one that I know of. The cash lobbying group, <laughs> right? We don't have that. Instead, the Visa lobbying group is whining and dining your elected officials. Globally, checks and cash transactions totaled $17 trillion in 2016. Confusingly, that's up 2% from a year earlier. So Visa rolled out a new initiative on its war on cash. It's designed for small businesses, restaurants, cafes, and food truck owners. That's another new thing, right? Food trucks are everywhere. In the trial, it will reward up to $10,000. You don't think electronic payments is big business ten thousand dollars each to 50 eligible businesses anybody that's online you're excluded when they commit to refusing cash now i i'm sure there's a caveat right of uh, you know it has to be a pretty good amount of volume but just 
just so you know, when you think about it, because we take all four credit cards, right? You're you're in business today. You almost you have to do it, but the fees are incredible. I mean, this is a money making racket like you've never seen. Going 100% cashless, as Visa calls it, means that consumers can only pay with debit or credit cards or with their smartphone. That'll be the day you go to your favorite taco truck. When it comes time to pay, you pull out a wad of legal tender only to be treated as an embarrassment and nod towards a sign that says no cash. Visa hopes that other folks will pull out their Visa-branded card or their smartphone with a payment app that uses the Visa system. This helps Visa extract its fees from the transaction. We have an incredible opportunity to educate merchants and consumers alike of the effectiveness of going cashless. He touted a a study that Visa recently conducted. See, this is how it happened, right? Just kind of like, you know, all the other studies, you know, health care, global warming, right? Now we're talking about cashless. Remember the smoking industry? That's probably the best one. No, smoking's not bad for you. It won't kill you. Of course, who were the studies done by? Oh, yeah, the, the people that made the cigarettes. A study conducted by Visa found that a business that if businesses in 100 cities transferred from cash to digital, their cities stand to experience net benefits of 312 billion dollars per year. See? You got a cash problem? Forget about legalizing weed. Right? You don't need to legalize weed. No, instead, you can just ban cash, and look, all the money will pour in. We've got a study that says so. However dubious these net benefits may be, one thing that isn't, Visa gets a cut from every transaction made. And it says uh, credit card fees range from 1% to 3%. You know, you start thinking about, you know, what, what I do. You know, $20 gold piece, $1,275, 3% of $1,275. That's money. Right? That's a that's a good chunk of money. You're talking about, you know, that's approaching $40. And, and you sit there and you start thinking about, uh, in 2016, Visa extracted 50 billion dollars from processing transactions globally without even carrying any credit risk. In other words, these weren't even credit cards. These were just the debit cards. They had 15 billion dollars in fees globally. Kind of makes me question this 312 billion dollar number if they only did 15 billion in uh, well I guess that was fees. To Visa A cashless culture means convenience, security, and ease of use. Now, let me ask you this, security. As you know, we just recently uh, updated our site, and and, uh, we we tried to make it as seamless as possible. That didn't quite happen. 
And, and for some of you, it's been a little more frustrating than others. But one of the, the really the big reason, security, and really the lack thereof. You know, how many times, and I don't even really talk about them too much anymore, uh, that, oh, well, this, this company's credit card information got hacked, that company's credit card information got hacked, this for I mean, if you've used, and ever, all of us have, right? We, we've probably all been hacked at least once. And you got to be pretty reclusive to only have been hacked once. My guess is all of us have been hacked hundreds of times. But they say security. Right? I guess they're, they're talking about the, the masked gunman that comes up and snatches your purse. I don't know. It says that it translates to freedom for consumers and merchants alike. And really, when you think about it, it translates to the exact opposite of freedom. <laughs> I mean, you, you talk about, hey, everybody now knows your business. Right? That's not what freedom is. Freedom is the ability to go to your local food truck and get a couple of tacos and nobody having to really know that you got a couple of tacos. But this is the pitch. And most of the people, they'll be out there nodding their head. I mean, you know. You know the ones I'm talking about. Right? The same ones, by the way, the new health care legislation. Looks like it's dead on arrival again today. Uh, they came out with a new proposal, this one to appease Ted Cruz. And then Rand Paul, and I know the uh, senator from Maine already came and said, we're voting no. And, you know, they only can get two of those. And they've already got two that I saw. And then I just saw a headline flash. It looks like this is they're going to have to do some more work. But one of the things they keep talking about is these cuts to the poor. And I just want to be clear so everybody knows. What they're talking about is a cut in the increase in the amount. So if you're if you're going to cut an increase are you, aren't you still getting more right I mean if you were going to cut the benefit that a true cut right you'd get less actually all you know what they're trying to do and they're not going to be successful uh, and I say that and I don't say that uh, gladly I, I don't I mean, the, 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 here's the problem with what Ted Cruz wants to do. So Ted Cruz wanted the option, kind of like what I'll call the double J health care. If you're a little small business guy like me, you probably got the exact same coverage, which is, hey, $10,000 deductible, right, and and uh, high co-pays to go to the doctor and, and co-pays on your prescriptions and all of that stuff. And the current law requires health insurers to provide more robust plans. And the whole purpose of the more robust plan is to charge people more 
to help offset what it's going to cost to have the people that truly need the coverage more money. And according to what we're reading now, the, the inclusion of that one, here's the problem. Cause it, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, why couldn't that be an option? What if somebody said, you know what, I'm 25. I'm 12. Let me get a better example. Because 25, I guess you can still be on your parents' health insurance. How about this? I'm 27. I'm single. And I'm healthy. And you go out to the exchange and you see that you've got to pay anywhere from, and I, I don't know what you pay, $200 a month. But you see this other option that says, hey, with a $10,000 deductible and this and that, I only can have to pay $75. The problem is they said that if they include the cruise, what I'll call the cruise provision. They say that too many people will sign up for the low-cost option, and it, and it will ruin the whole health care system as we know it. Patriot Radio News Hour. Think about that for just a second. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. A recent Harvard study confirms that there has been record-breaking reporting bias against President Donald Trump. An astounding 80% of the stories about Trump by the mainstream media during his first 100 days in office have been negative. The real story, however, is how Trump's base remains solid, unfazed by the persistent media negativity. For many of Trump's supporters, the unrelenting bias against him simply confirms the nature of the problem facing America. The swamp, known as D.C. and their allies in the media, are protesting just a little too much. Their hysteria against Trump underscores the urgency for someone to stand up against the entrenched interests in D.C. This unfolding battle reinforces just how much our country needs someone strong enough to get the job done against all odds. Western Pennsylvania is the region perhaps most crucial to the presidential election of 2020, as the prize of 20 electoral college votes from that state is difficult to make up elsewhere. When it became apparent that Trump had won Pennsylvania last November, the keys to the White House were his. Trump's popularity in western Pennsylvania has even increased amid all the media bashing of his presidency. A 60-year-old Democrat there, Robert Sokol, was quoted recently as saying, I think he's doing what he thinks is best for the country. Sokol is a supervisor at a chemical plant, so he knows a thing or two about the need for manufacturing jobs. As to Trump's firing of FBI Director James Comey, Sokol said, This country needs a shakeup. Statewide, Trump's approval rating in Pennsylvania has risen nearly to that of its Democratic Senator Bob Casey, who is up for re-election. Given that Democrats have an advantage of nearly one million registered voters more than Republicans in Pennsylvania, it is phenomenal that Trump does so well there as a Republican, and Trump's approval rating has even improved significantly there since he took office. A Washington Post poll reveals that 96% of Trump voters would cast their ballots for him again, while only 85% of Hillary voters would do the same. 
The more Trump is unfairly disparaged by the elite, the more his supporters rightly stand by their man. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you like what you see at the Trump White House? Will President Trump continue to advance conservative ideals? At phyllisschlafly.com, you gain complete access to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates and commentaries and can track our work on Capitol Hill. Go online often to phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Page Radio News Hour. Yeah, you guessed it. We cannot allow for people to buy a non-compliant, is what they're calling it, non-compliant health insurance plan, uh, which simply would allow healthier people, and even unhealthier people, it's really up to you, people that say, hey, I want insurance. I really can't afford this one, but I can afford that one and, and buy the cheaper plan. And they're saying, well, everyone would buy the cheaper plan. And, of course, that would make everything else more expensive. So, yeah, it does. I, we'll see what happens. But right now, uh, it doesn't look like it is going to be. This bill probably won't be the final bill either, so we'll have to look at it. I did see the CBO said the the budget that Donald Trump had presented, the CBO, the 10-year budget plan, would actually reduce the deficit. However, it will not balance the budget, and oh, by the way, I guess that budget was already dead because the health care part of it was a big part of it. According to the CBO, most of the savings was supposed to come from the health care part, which obviously we've been talking, probably not going to happen on a lot of the tax stuff, probably not going to happen. Uh, Janet Yellen testifying in front of Congress today. Again, this is the final day. And she has been quoted as saying that she does not believe that the Trumponomics will be enough to get growth to 3%. She said that productivity growth is hard to move and the labor force is on, well, the growth of the labor force is on the decline. In order for the administration to hit its goal, productivity would have to rise to something over two, and she does not believe that it's going to be possible, and that just 3% GDP is now going to be challenging. I guess, what, forever? I mean, I remember when 3% GDP, that wasn't even a great number. Now now you're telling me, it, now obviously we know it's not going to happen in, in the way we'd like it to. But if, if Donald Trump got his, his way, Got his way on health care, got his way on all the tax cuts, got his way on the border tax and all that. You mean we can't, we, we wouldn't be, still wouldn't be able to get 3% growth? I mean, that's just, I mean, if we're at 2% now, and that really kind of leads me to believe, are we really even at 2%? She's speaking with the Senate Banking Committee, committee 
talking about how productivity... Now, remember yesterday, she was talking about death and deficits and, and gave Congress a big warning, right? And, and kind of, I think this is on top of that warning. Hey, don't give out any tax cuts, right? <laughs> Government's only getting bigger. It's not getting smaller. And this is the thing, you know, when you think about why you started buying gold. What was it that led you to say, man, I've got to prepare. Got to get ready. I, I see what's happening. And the answer, I think, for the vast majority of us was the debt. Right? We, we kind of know this can't be. We're going to run. We had over a trillion dollars a year to our deficit every year now. And it only and it's only going up. Right? A trillion dollars would actually be an improvement. If we came out and they said fiscal year 2017, the actual real total national debt only went up by a trillion dollars, that would be an improvement. But the number's going to be something like you know, one point, well, and that's assuming they actually pass a, a uh, an override. We'll get to that in a second. By the way, there's a new update on that, too, exactly when the government's going to be out of money. But Janet said that the productivity has only been about 1% for, like, the last five years. And remember in her debt comments yesterday, what one of the things that she said would be affected by it? Do you remember from yesterday? She specifically said it's going to hurt productivity. Right? And what do you mean it's going to? It is. Right? This is the the prime example. And then she went on to talk about how it's going to impact not only productivity but GDP growth. Right? Those were the two things she said were going to be impacted by this uncontrolled spending. And then I think about today and her comments like, oh, I don't see any way possible to get to 3% GDP growth. And I guess that just kind of leads you to what? To, to, to knowing what it is that's really coming. You know, and, and you think about uh, Visa. You think that happens by accident? You think this CEO of Visa woke up, you know, woke up one morning and said, I know! Let's start paying taco trucks. <laughs> I don't know what kind of taco truck would they would give Ted Grant to. To not take cash. And you start really putting the real pieces together. Listen, these guys, they all meet. Right? They go to Jackson Hole. They go to the Build the Burger meetings over in Europe. And they, they vacation together. I mean, let's face it, we know... Uh, from Yellen's testimony yesterday that the Federal Reserve's in the board meetings of these major banks, which kind of leads, you know what, what about Wells Fargo? Where were they in those meetings? And I bring that up, Elizabeth Warren was hammering Janet Yellen about why is why has no board member been fired or sent to prison or anything at Wells Fargo? And, and you think about, you know what, I just started thinking about, wait a minute. You have you have Federal Reserve people in those meetings. Where were you? But this doesn't happen by accident. This is it. This is them. They're getting ready. 
right? We talk about blockchain technology and Bitcoin, which is the most popular one that we know of in these cryptocurrencies. And, and, I, and I told you about how the Federal Reserve hosted a huge conference about it last year. Heck, even the Chinese Central Bank is working on it. And now the, the uh, I guess, the electronic companies now, Visa's on it. MasterCard's on it. Amex is on it. Discover Card's on it. They're all on board. They're like, yeah, that'd be great. Just think about all the fees that we could collect. Patriot Radio News Hour. I know in this business, if that is the case, right, prices just go up. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Full control. That's what they're going to have. It's it's just that plain and simple. The only recourse you're going to have is to have something that isn't in the system. That's gold and silver. That's it. All the rest of it is going to be what? All in. Right? It's going to be all electronic. It's going to be fully controlled. Uh, whether that's by the central bank, it, it's probably going to have to be some form of global central bank, i.e. the IMF. And now we're starting to see it, right? It's right in front of your face. Right? It's right in front of your face. And now Visa is, you know, well, we'll pay you to get rid of it, right? This is how, <laughs> this is how lucrative it really is going to be. And listen, this is what it's all about. Right? This is how they're going to to collect dollars or well, electronic credit for all of this spending that we're doing. Right? For all the people, you know, all right, we gotta have free this and free that and free health care and all the other stuff. It all costs money. And it's not free, and it certainly doesn't give you freedom. This is how you know it's amazing what's happening every day. I'm amazed. Here's here's this one. It blows my mind, and it's so true. The economy has created the side hustle. That's right, right? The side hustle. I'm like, oh, what, what side hustle? Earning extra money apart from the main source of your income. In other words, hey, my main source of income isn't getting all my bills paid. More than 44 million American adults have one. This is according to the latest uh, from bankrate.com. They go out and they look at, right, again, this is, of course, we don't know about under-the-table stuff, right? You know, as Visa's talking about, we will shortly, though. Don't worry, in the next 10 years, I'll know all about it. 44 million Americans are working more than one job. Among those in the side hustle, 28% of younger millennials those are the people that the younger millennials, I guess there's two categories of millennial now, older and younger, 
ages 18 to 26, are the most likely age group to have a side hustle, as such as working at Uber or Lyft. You know, I wonder if the self-driving cars come in, then what? I'm just thinking out loud. Or connecting with the online marketplace, such as TaskRabbit, will match a free uh, freelance labor with local demand. 86% of all side hustlers do it every single month. What does that tell you? It's not that they want, they have to. 36% of them earn more than an additional 500 bucks a month. And this tells you how important. This is a huge piece of income. Younger baby boomers, 53 to 62, many of whom lost their jobs during the, re- the recession, are scrambling to make up the income difference as retirement nears. They earn at least $1,000 a month on the side hustle. Younger millennials with a side hustle, 96% of them say that they do it, yeah, constantly. This is how I'm living now. Millennials overall, which is 18 to 36, typically earn less from their secondary source of income. Well, that's why they call it secondary. If it was, if they were earning more, wouldn't that be the primary? But anyway, of those who earn money on the side, I love how they say, oh, I'm just earning a little side money. 54% use the extra cash to help pay for expenses, right, rather than disposable income for other things. And, And I bet you... Uh, if you really looked into that, that most of that number is going towards expenses, and and you know, and I'm you know talking about eating out or right, uh, taking your kids to a movie. You know, I know that's not a quote unquote expense, but you know, paying club basketball dues, right? Paying to to send your kid to the basketball tournament out of town. And this is what it's turned into. And you start thinking about $44 million? I mean, it used to be bad enough when, you know, you used to be able to support a family. You know, the 2.4 kids, the dog, the white picket fence. Dad was at work. Mom was at home. And you know what's so funny? That was, that was my mom. You know, that was my mom's generation. My generation, one generation later, we turned into, hey, both mom and dad got to work. One generation later, both mom and dad got to work, and both mom and dad got to get a side hustle. That's right. But there's no inflation. And all of this is just working out perfectly fine. I mean, the Dow's at an all-time high. Now you know why. They used to hire these people and give them a real paycheck with real benefits. Now they just get, what, a side hustle 
and they don't have to give me any of that. Pedro Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Quick look in here at the markets. Gold's down two at twelve seventeen. Silver's down almost twenty cents, sixteen fifteen dollars and sixty five cents. Got a great little special today. Don't have a lot of them, but it's just such a great price. U.S. five dollar liberties. These are the old ones. The liberties, eighteen sixty six to nineteen oh seven. Got thirty of them. They're three hundred and thirty five dollars, which is really that's at the real low end. Uh, of the $5 scale, you're not really going to find them a whole lot cheaper than that, especially, uh, you know, with gold down at these levels. So U.S. $5 liberties, love fractional gold. It's the best. Uh, you start thinking about all the crazy things that we've learned here today, right? The war on cash just took its next step forward with Visa. The side hustle. It's a great word for it, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a hustle, yeah. This is how you get laid. This is life now. Forty-four million working-age Americans now getting the side hustle just to make ends meet as we contemplate how all of this is going to work out. Uh, U.S. $5 liberties, 335 U.S. Rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles, uh, $380 at 800 951 0592. That is the toll free number. That's within five bucks of the low of the year on Silver Eagles, by the way. And I think on the $5 Libs, that also, that 335 may be the low of the year or right near it. Uh, U.S. $5 Liberties at 335. Rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles at 380. Our toll free number, 800 951 0592. Uh, the Dow's up 20 points. They love a very bull. I thought Janet Yellen was going to go after the stock market. Nah. <laughs> that's really the only thing they've got left that's working. Uh, make sure you take the time, put some product away, and remember, this is how we keep uh, our company going, how we keep the radio stations going, and how we continue to deliver the message to all of you each and every day. Uh, Big Rob's going to be back tomorrow, so that, that'll that be fun. Hopefully uh, we'll have some laughs tomorrow. Uh, but before then, just give us a call at 800-951-0592 and, and put away some more gold, put away some more silver. Uh, I think you, I think it's going to be a pretty good idea, especially when you start thinking about, uh, you know, all the things today. So we, we learned about the war on cash taking a step forward. Right, we 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 learned about the side hustle. We learned about the cruise provision, which essentially said, "Hey, listen, the people that need really need care, it's unaffordable. It truly is. And if we offer healthier people more affordable options, it's going to blow up the system. And now you kind of, you know what? At least for me, I I get why people are so angry." Right, because if you if you really needed the health care, you've got no chance today. Right, but they keep talking about how there's no inflation, we're getting crushed by it. Just look at the American family. It's devastated. It's all but wiped out. Right, we don't need one person working. 
two people working is not enough. We need two people working two jobs just to get by. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Take care. Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine, and we'll be back tomorrow.